Hey guys, you don't know me yet, but I'm Brian's daughter, Kylie. Alright, so I'm going to give you three scenarios, and you're going to tell me if it's a self-defense situation or not. Here's the first one. Alright, so you're walking out of the store, and you notice a big, angry guy coming at you. He starts swinging at you, you block, you palm heel, and you knee him, and you push him away. Now, is that a self-defense situation? I'll wait. That is a self-defense situation. All right, now this next scenario. All right, so you're walking out of the same store and you see the same angry guy yelling at you. So you, st you step back and you talk in a calm voice and then he calms down and then you go off to your car and leave with no strike thrown. Is that a self-defense situation? That is a self-defense situation. Now on to the final scenario. All right, you walk out of the store again and you know it's the same guy that's coming up on you and you go down the other aisle to get to your car and then drive away. Is that a self-defense situation? It is. Today, they're going to discuss how a self-defense situation may not always be what you think. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Podcast. We're dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now, let's join our hosts, Brian and Jada. So, like Kylie said today, we're going to be talking about uh, how self-defense doesn't always look like we think. I think too many people a lot of times think self-defense and the very first thing in everybody's mind is someone attacks you, you block it, you hit them, you throw them down, you take them down, you do something and then you get away. You got people that uh, know how to do boxing you know, or other forms of martial arts that don't teach any other aspect of self-defense that think, oh, well, I can beat the crap out of somebody so I'm, I'm great at self-defense you know um I'm, I'm pretty much safe i'm pretty much good you know when it comes to filling in holes you know <laughs> one of the holes that you can't that you've got to fill in is how to not let things escalate to that point in the first place see wouldn't it be best to be in a self-defense situation and not have to explain yourself to the police yeah <laughs> that's that's kind of my thinking in this if we can actually stop the situation before it becomes a situation then you're in a much better position. I get asked the question all the time. I have been a teacher and a trainer for the last now, almost now basically 18 years. And people ask me all the time, have you ever had to use this? And I, mean, I don't fault people for asking that question. I ask that question of my instructor. It's just a natural thing you think about. He's like, whoa, you know, wait a second. Do you, you know, do you have the real knowledge of what you are actually teaching. That is that is what that question is asking. Have you had to actually apply it? Yeah, and the thing I tell everybody is, as far as the fighting, I tested myself on purpose by putting myself into a ring and or a cage and, and fighting MMA. And I did that for a while. And yes, I did well. But as far as like out there in the quote unquote streets, I love how everybody likes to, most people don't live in the streets, but you know, it's always street. Anyway, <laughs> side note. Um, <laughs> they really mean back there in the suburbs. <laughs> There's uh, they're way off subject here, but, you know, I'm really good for that. There's a guy that I heard talk about the cul-de-sac self-defense. He says, you know, taking it to the cul-de-sacs. <laughs> so, 
But the thing I tell everybody is, is yes, I have. Probably not in the way that most people think, but I have. Because actually, you know, we have taken, I've taken the soft skills that you use, like awareness, like de-escalation, which is kind of the primary thing that we're going to talk about today. Because de-escalating a situation is, is very, very important. And I would much rather step into a situation, calm the situation down, and get out without ever having to throw a strike. Now, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sound whatever. Do I feel like I could probably take the person who's mad at me and yelling and cussing at me? Yeah, probably so. I haven't <laughs> been in this situation yet where I've I sat there and for fear of really getting beat down, have I had to like calm the situation out of fear of like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to kill me. No, um, I have for the most part, seen situations, seen bad situations, and been able to avoid them altogether, or just seen somebody's like, that's, that person's kind of sketchy. That situation's kind of sketchy. Let's just walk around, like that third one that Kylie was talking about. But at two times in my adult life, I have been in a situation where my training has kicked in. Uh, in one case, it was uh, a situation of where I used to work. We would, we actually, um, went after people who was in retail. We went after people that uh, stole. And we, more or less, we weren't actually physically going to do anything to them. They wanted us to go so we could tell the police, this is where you are going. I come up, a fellow employee, he had taken off after somebody. I come up later because I I was actually at lunch and uh, I just happened to go and drive. And I say a lot of times, I just completely thank God that it worked out the way it did because it was a weird situation. I didn't, the only thing I knew is boss lady looked at me and said, they went that way. So I just take off driving in my truck and go that way. And I come up to the end of a road and I look around, I I don't know which way to go. I'm I'm at a four way place. I could turn right, left, or I could go straight across. I don't know why, I went straight across and I actually pulled right up to the situation where um, where he happened to be with two guys who were yelling and screaming obscenities and telling him how they was going to rip his head off and all this stuff. And, and I didn't know what I was getting into. I, I get out of the vehicle, I come around. And as soon as I did, they had been yelling at him for a while. And as soon as I did, he goes, all right. Now go for it, or now try it. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know what I was getting into at that point. <laughs> you know, I stepped in, I was like, oh no. And I realized, oh, well, this is a this is a really bad situation. So the training just kicked in. And I just like, hey, you know, let, let's calm down. In a situation like that, there's two guys. There happen to be two of us in the moment. And those two guys are like yelling and screaming, okay? In that situation, I looked and said, okay, which one of these seems a bit more sane, <laughs> okay? There's, there's somebody that's more reasonable usually in this situation like that. Processing everything a little bit more there's rationally a, a, than the other. There's a more rational person and then there's a person feeding the fire. And so I looked at the more rational person and I just, hands up, uh, I'm trying to take a very non-aggressive kind of position. You know, we, we teach this as a spear stance, hands up, hands out, um, where I'm basically in a fighting stance, but it doesn't look like it. Some people call it hidden stance. I don't know. There's all kinds of names for it. But I'm sitting there just trying to really really calm the situation down and just trying to get us out of there. So I was able to finally kind of calm them down enough to get my friend in the truck. I jumped in the truck and then we left. That was like one situation where those guys were not even the people involved. So it was kind of an easy like, hey, you know, I'm not here for you. I don't know. You know, we're just, we were, you know, he was following this guy that had shoplifted, you know, calm down, blah, blah, blah. Let's leave. We got out of there. And then like at another time, I was actually stopped on a little single lane road uh, where a guy pulls right up to my vehicle and stops 
and jumps out of his vehicle, comes up to my door and starts yelling and cussing at me and accusing me of running over his dog. And, um, and that was a bad situation. Somebody had run up into his yard and hit his dog. Uh, but I actually had been somewhere. He lived on that little road and I had been at the end of that little road for the last three hours. So it had happened in between there. I was not the person who did it, but it, it took me a while to calm him down in that situation. And same thing, we we have certain things that you need to do in order to calm someone down in that situation. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about a bit more. So, but that's my, yes, as far as, yes, I have put my training into practice two times now. I've put that training into practice. Now, in either one of those situations, especially the first one, could I said, all right, let's go and just start throwing hands and seeing what happens. Yeah, that first one especially, I could have done that very easily. You know, if I'd allowed myself to like really kind of talk back to them, it would have fed the fire and and they would have attacked me. So I would have been perfectly justified to be to to defend myself and strike and kick and headbutt and everything else. But would that have been smart? No, that's kind of what we're talking about. The best way to keep yourself safe is to not let things escalate to a point of blows, strikes, because you never know, first of all, what the person is concealing. Yeah. And exactly. next, you don't ever know the real mental state of the person that nope. you're fighting. Yeah. I think in a lot of situations, we get a lot of people that are going, well, if it's not my fault, then they can just... <laughs> oh, no, 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 yeah. We've made posts... We've made posts before on Facebook about de-escalating a situation, and some people think it's a joke because they think, well, you know, why would I do such and such? You know, why would I, you know, back down in this situation? It's not showing weakness. It's showing intelligence. And I think that's where people have to understand. You're not, you're not being weak by backing off of a situation. There's no point in to add fuel to the fire. Well, the more you let yourself escalate, the less you start to think rationally. If you let yourself get to that point of being just as fueled and just as fuming as the other person, then you're not going to think rationally either. And you're more likely to explain, have to explain something to the police later. And you can end up getting in trouble. And our goal is to anybody that we teach or anybody that hears anything from us can safely handle themselves in a situation or avoid a situation and not have to worry about what law enforcement is going to have to say about it later. Yeah. So, so It's entirely too easy to go way too far. It is. Or oh. even just a little too far and still end up in a lot of trouble. Okay, so let's, let's go back to that one situation. Where I was in with those two guys. There's a couple of different ways that could have ended extremely badly. In one situation, the guy could have pulled out a knife, a gun, anything like that. I wasn't carrying anything. I think I may have had a pocket knife deep in my pocket, but it wasn't anything that I could have gotten to quickly. And I didn't know what the guy had in his waistband. What if strikes were thrown in the process of the strikes being thrown? I started winning and he has a gun on him that I didn't know he had. And all of a sudden he pulls it out and shoots me. Okay. There, there's one bad situation that as that would have escalated very, very quickly. Cause I do know later the mental state of those guys were not good. They were all actually wanted. And after all that happened, it was found out that the guy who left the store that I worked for was connected to those guys, even though they were all, and they ended up all getting arrested for, because they had outstanding warrants. So, it, you know, these were not normal and stable people that we were dealing with. So that would have been a possibility. Okay. Number two, the other people that were around were family and neighbors. Had I come up and done that, and even though they, 
you know, whatever, ran their mouths to us, they started it. If the family that were there had told the police that we come up and started the problem, or the neighbors that were there come up and said, hey, look, these guys started the issue, then we would have been arrested and charged with aggravated assault. Just making a blanket statement of, I'm not backing down, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna go in that situation, that could be very irresponsible because you could either get arrested because you don't know what other people are gonna say, or you could get shot or stabbed because you don't know what that person has on them. And in that situation, like I said, those people being actually outstanding warrants, they were wanted, they ended up going to jail for a long time, and I had no idea. Well, I mean, let's talk about the uh, the other situation you were in with the guy and his dog. Like, that was obviously not your fault. You weren't the one who hit his dog, no. so you didn't take, you know, you didn't take the fault for that. You didn't, you didn't back down from your position of, I'm not the one who did this, because right. that wouldn't make any sense. That would just make the situation worse. But you did talk to him calmly and express, you know, empathy for, yeah. you know, what happened. And you say, I hope you find the person who did this, but it, it wasn't me. That guy was already having a rough night, yeah. you know, because someone ran into his yard and ran over his dog. But then if you had added on top of that right. by bringing yourself to the point of, you know, anger and, you know, the level he was speaking then you just start to feed off each other and it could have turned into a much worse night for both of you. Yeah. So if you hadn't started to speak to him calmly and rationally and got him to a point where he could think rationally, someone could have hit his dog and he could have gotten into a fight and lost. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I said, you don't know the mental state of someone. It could be that just his dog got run over. It could be that that and several other things happen and that just, you know, you never know what's going to push someone over the edge to do something right. that you know, they regret and you regret later. I'm gonna say this and, and you know, it'll probably tick some people off, but you know, if you are in a situation and you just go, well, I'm not gonna back down, well, I don't care, I'm not, you know, you're talking about, you know, people have been shot over a parking space at a place, you know, somebody having a really rough day, they're not exactly mentally stable, they still are, somebody steals their parking space, they run up, start a big fight, ends up shooting someone. That has happened. That's not just something me making up. That's actually happened. So, you know, in that situation, you might pull into a place not realizing that somebody's been sitting there waiting on it, and then they're mad. They come up. The best situations are like, hey, you know, okay, calm down. You know, I'll move. And we've said that. We actually said that in a previous video and an image post that we did uh, a while back. And, and people were upset over that. But let's think this through. I think people that are upset over that really are, and, and I'm not insulting them, they're really ignorant over how violence escalates. But not only that, they just don't have their priorities straight of what actually matters. What matters is your personal safety. That parking spot didn't have either of your names on it on the first place, yeah. and someone else is gonna have to have it after you guys leave. Yeah. So it's it's not worth fighting about. It's temporary. At most, it's going to affect what an hour of your life. So it it doesn't really matter. It's just you know if you have to walk a couple more parking spaces down, walk a couple more parking spaces down to avoid pushing someone over the edge. I I actually witnessed something that I don't know what it was about. My husband and I were walking into Walmart, and so we're walking down this one lane. You see these two people just about 
10 feet apart, absolutely screaming and just fuming and just yelling obscenities and insults at each other. And this lady is like throwing groceries into her car as she's screaming at him. So she's sort of half paying attention but yelling insults about his mother and you know, and he's screaming right back. And <laughs> he finally like throws, which we turn and we start to go down a different aisle, but I'm still listening out of the corner of my eye and I can see him kind of wave his hand and throw it down and then walk. And <laughs> How do you listen out of the corner of your eye? Oh, I listened and then I watched out of the corner of my eye Sorry. Okay. as we were walking down because you never want to be the person staring because then you get pulled into the situation. I know. <laughs> but, you know, it's so hard not to stare. Especially when you notice a detail that I'm going to uh, point out later. The guy kind of throws his hand down and he finally turns and walks the other direction. But as they're screaming at each other and the re part of the reason that my husband and I turned and walked in a different lane was that this guy has about a six inch blade on one hip attached to his belt that all he has to do is pull out. This lady is screaming obscenities at him while throwing groceries in her car, not halfway paying attention. They're fuming, just going at it, and she doesn't realize that he has a huge knife on his hip right there. Thankfully, that specific time didn't escalate to that. But you never know the mental state of someone. He could have been pushed over to the edge to the point where he pulled it out. Yeah. And you just don't know when that's going to happen. Thankfully, in that situation, it didn't. But oh my gosh, just whatever it was about can't have been worth it. No. <laughs> Yeah, we had gotten out of our car, we started walking, I hear people yelling, I see the knife, and I look, I turn and look at my husband, and I say, um, he has, and he goes, I noticed, we're moving, and we, we pulled him, we went to the other lane. If I hadn't been paying attention, and if he hadn't been paying attention, and we just walked right past that situation, we don't want to get pulled into that, first no. of all. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's just not. You'd never know what's going to push someone over the edge and it's just not worth fighting about. Yeah. If it's not absolutely important to life, you know, don't fight about it. Just, okay, calm down. We'll figure this out, you know? In witnessing this, the only thing I could really picture is, you know, the sibling arguments that really don't make any sense to the parents. It's like, he looked at me this way, and then she said this, and then it turned into like a screaming match. You got one little kid crying, another little kid angry and slamming doors, and in the end, it was about someone looking at somebody wrong, and the parents are just going, I don't even know what to do about this, because no one actually said anything other than just, it just escalated to this point. I'm just confused. And the parents are like, both of you go to your rooms. I don't care. <laughs> you know, as crazy as it seems, so many altercations start with, what are you looking at? You know? <laughs> I mean, really, in all seriousness. I mean, that, so apparently people don't grow out of that. Uh, but you know, you know, or hey, you know, you're looking at my girlfriend or hey, you know, wh whatever. There's so many things, so many altercations start with a look. And I think in a lot of cases like that, it's people looking for a problem, people looking for a fight, whatever. They're just, they're just looking for an issue to be mad about, really. Gosh, can you imagine if you got like completely fuming mad every time someone looked at your spouse? <laughs> you, know, you can't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not the ones with a ring on her finger. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But you know, okay, most of what we deal with is not that because our goal is to implore people to be 
really smart and don't be dumb and you know let's let's be smart don't do stupid things. things don't say stupid things we've said it before in a video if you do say you, stupid things apologize yeah yeah because it does happen i know um, people who are just really bad at saying the right thing you know they'll say something it's like that's not how i wanted that to sound <laughs> and you know it just it just does happen people say things that sound like they shouldn't and you just apologize you say that's that's not what i meant here's the clarification and you move on from the situation yeah. all right so so one more little story to kind of drive help drive our point home my brother, who is also also help us to train people as well at times, he was actually in Walmart parking lot. And it seems like every time we teach seminars, every time we do everything, all bad things happen in Walmart parking lot. That's what basically everybody gets out of our out of our stuff. So it's because it's the truth. So anyway, he's in Walmart parking lot. I don't remember if he was coming. No, he was, he was leaving Walmart. These two guys are in a fight, like fist fight, just going at it. He and another man, they break them up. They're, you know, people are asking, please, can you help? Can you help? So they break up the fight. And come to find out, my, my brother, he has one guy, he brings him over, calms him down. The other guy escorts the other guys, the other guy to their, his car. The guy my brother had grabbed was happened to actually be on a bike. And he said the guy walks over to his bike and hops on his bicycle and rides by the car, which happened to be parked near where my brother was. And the dude pulled out a pistol to show it to him that he, he was carrying had a handgun the whole time. That would have been illegal because he was definitely, according to my brother, too young to be carrying uh, a gun. But it just goes back to the fact that when you jump into a situation, whether you're the subject or not, you have to be careful because you don't know what kind of person you're dealing with. So let's, uh, let's take a really quick break and then come back and start talking about actually how do you de-escalate a situation, especially when it's you, you and you're the target. All right, so now we're gonna talk about a little bit of like how do you actually avoid, you are targeted, we are in Walmart parking lot because we've already established all horrible things happen in Walmart parking lot. So we're in Walmart parking lot, I come up to you, I'm yelling, I'm screaming because it doesn't matter why, I'm mad at you for some stupid reason and how do you deal with that? You start by channeling your boring high school teacher, you know, the one that like wanted to retire years ago but can't afford it because teachers pay and so they're just you know draining on like well i've learned i've been you know using this spiel for 30 years i'm just gonna repeat exactly what i said you know back in 85 like the war of 1812 it was fought by and you know and it goes through you know so you're not gonna be quite that you're not just gonna be like okay calm down just chill <laughs> but it is gonna be a, all you, right just calm if you, down if you, if you try for that then you will be calmer you will never get to that level in that kind of situation speaking from experience you won't get to that level in that situation but you if you, that's your goal then you're going to talk a lot more calmer because if we're sitting here more calmly so anyway if if we're in that situation i'm yelling at you i'm, I'm really mad and i'm really mad and you're sitting there and you're going like would you just calm down? Yeah, not, I'm not being calm, but I want you to be calm. Yeah, that's that's not gonna that's yeah. not gonna work. So the first step is to channel that most boring teacher ever, and calm and calmly speak. So I'm sitting. All here. right, I understand. Just explain to me the entire situation, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, and keeping your hands up, palms facing me, and making sure that you keep your hands in between me and you. 
That is yeah. that is that next goal. Yeah, and keeping a distance is a good thing too mm -hmm. because closer in, it's a whole lot easier for things to happen. Mm -hmm. So the farther can you can keep, yeah, uh, or the guy in the Walmart parking lot with the knife, <laughs> it's a whole lot easier to pull it out without being noticed, you know? So it's just, you have that space, you maintain the space calmly, so you just calmly take a step back. You don't have to say, hey, back up! You know, because we teach that in some situations, but that's not for the de-escalating situations. That is not a de-escalation situation. No, that's... That's more of kids and adults, and the kid want to show that they are a really hard target. And it, it even like someone that's an adult, but someone else that's a lot larger than them. That's a different kind of situation, though. You know, you know, women with the, the creepy dude in the Walmart parking lot. Exactly. Which it's like, nice. hey, can you just stay right over there, please? I think abdu abduction prevention is probably going to be one whole podcast. Or yeah, probably. Maybe even two. Abduction prevention yeah. and abduction prevention part two. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. One aimed at women and one aimed at children. Which we really just need to cover overall abduction prevention because... There's a lot. You know, male abduction is even becoming more... It's true. ...common... Yeah, because you hear about stuff like veterans, homeless veterans are being abducted in certain mm -hmm. areas. Um, I think there was a case where a homeless veteran went to save a woman who was having an att attempted abduction and then they kidnapped the veteran after Yeah, he disappeared. Did, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry guys, we had an ADD moment there. Sorry, it's okay. okay. But yeah, start with the monotone voice, work into empathizing, trying to figure out what's going on, seeing if you can bring them down to a rational point by just you staying, you know, monotone and calm and then not making sudden movements like jolting, you know, because that can startle someone and bring them right back up to the top again. But just calm, uh, monotone voice, slow movements, but keeping that distance and just trying to bring them down to a level of rationale. So because it is if they are already over the top they they're not quite thinking rationally yet you just have to bring them back down a peg and that distance and is so you can see them but also you have time to react so if you can see you want to stay back far enough where you can easily see their entire body like you mentioned the guy with the knife if i can see this his entire body that i'm going to be able to see that move for the knife a lot easier and also have more time to react cuz you're going to have to react Mm -hmm. And, you know, not letting yourself get the tunnel vision of just staring straight, yep. you know, at their face the whole time because that lady wasn't paying attention to his hip. She was far enough away to see the knife, but she just didn't notice it because she was too busy with tunnel vision. Yeah, so the thing, the technique there is look at someone's eyes because if you don't look at their eyes when you are having a situation like that, then you are going to be perceived to be either... There's no way you can show empathy that way, for one thing. There's very little way you can actually calm the situation down if you never make eye contact. If you never make eye contact, that's going to throw completely different signals. And we have to understand that, like, a lot of what we communicate with people is body language. Yeah, but so don't get trapped the eyes, there. But don't get trapped there. you got to scan the body every few seconds, scan the environment. All of these things, you have to look at the person and not just at their eyes and then you have to look at what's going on around them because let's be honest especially especially when we're talking about abductions sometimes people will come here and get your attention even if it's like in an argument and somebody else will come up and grab you because mm -hmm, you've got to be able to stay aware of everything else around you you got to get quick at those glance notices mm -hmm. you know you've got to be able to use a quick glance to see things around you you talked about a practice game that can really help with that you know, um, you know, just a table at a restaurant, 
giving someone a few seconds to look at the table and then having them close their eyes and tell what you removed from the table. That's a game that really helps with that, but if you can get used to just a glance up the person's body to be able to see if you notice anything, you can have that in your memory and study that while you're talking them down and yep. just make sure that you have an action plan. You can glance around you and look back at the person because it's just smart and people are like, but then they'll notice you sizing them up. I was like, well, it's kind of a normal thing to do, first of all, and if you're not yep. just standing there and sizing them up the entire time, that's why I'm saying quick glances. You've got to be able to get it to a quicker glance, trying to cut down that time that you're sizing them up, you know, and yeah, seeing what they have, I because you've got recently, to know what you're going to deal with. Yeah, I heard an instructor recently talk about, in a situation like that, especially if they get in close to you, you know, and you can't, whether you can't go backwards or whatever, sometimes you want to kind of do the intimidation factor. And it's more, this is more of a bluff move than anything, but you just take a very deliberate and very obvious sidestep. Okay, this is going to throw off their, I'm trying not to use the technical term in OODA loop, but they're trying, their, their thought process here. This is going to throw them off because in that moment of, and what he was talking about was like getting them to think, wait a second, what do they know that I do not know in this moment? If, if you're standing there and you're arguing and everything and you're not really, because a lot of times when people are like that, they are focused in on the argument and you take, you're calming them down and then all of a sudden take a, a direct sidestep and change your angle on them, they may immediately change. And, and people that have actually used that technique, they said a lot of times they will go from a very aggressive position to a somewhat neutral or even submissive position because they have a mental shift of like, wait a second, what are they doing? And what do they know? And have I picked the wrong target? So. For me, it's usually, people only really approach me whenever I'm already at my car. So I just, to make the deliberate motion of opening the door and getting behind the door. Yeah, they have a, people will do that on purpose because you have a limited mobility. You know, that's that's the goal is to limit someone's mobility before they can kind of. But it's always a, can I help you before they ever get close enough to stop me from opening that door. Yes. And that's where awareness comes in. Yeah. And it's usually a, hey, can I have a dollar or, you know, and I'm just like, mm. or such and such or anything along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm over here like, you know, I have no idea if the dollar is actually what you're here for, so you just stay over there. <laughs> That's not what I say. <laughs> it's like, mm, sorry, really got to hop in and go. Yeah. But open the door, get behind the door, create a barrier, and get inside. It's like, because I can hear you through the window. So sorry, that, you don't have to leave that on. That was just like a no, I mean, derail no, for me. So uh, awareness to begin, that's, that's that first level. And then moving into you, verbal. And Usually for me the sidestep though is not, it's more of, uh, what I brought up was creating the barrier because I'm, no, not no, a, I'm not a large person, so people aren't usually going to see me as a threat. And I don't know if they would even if I took that sidestep because I weigh 110 pounds. <laughs> you know, I, I'm very small. <laughs> It's like, oh, they sidestepped? Okay, I'll just sit on you. No, <laughs> you know, that's their mindset. Yeah, I'm know. not that easy to just do that. But they don't know that, so I don't really have these same... No, people make assumptions. And, yeah, you know. I don't have the same int intimidation factor. So for me, that sidestep is a sidestep to a barrier. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to go through this obstacle and this obstacle and this obstacle if you want to get closer to me. Yeah. That's what I like about the dynamic here of the podcast because you are 
younger and smaller. So therefore, you're going to speak to a portion of our people that uh, is not going to be able to relate to me in that respect. Not that I'm a huge dude, but you know, I'm an average size dude. So there's that. So basically, we have awareness. We have our uh, verbal de-escalation before we ever get into anything hands-on. And if we can kind of get those two things down really well, then that's going to keep us safe most of the time. And I think we've talked about the fact that that's, that's, that's something that people, if they don't do anything else, do those two things. Do those two things. It's going to keep you a lot safer. Now, we move on, and we're not really going to like move on in the podcast. We're going to kind of wrap things up, but we go back to a force multiplier. You want to have something on you. I'm a huge advocate of having something on you at all times as a force multiplier, as a self-defense tool. Um, and we've said this before, Atomic Bear has got some of the best, most affordable, high quality self-defense tools and, and other things on their uh, website. And I own several of their things and I've already stated that uh, we'll be purchasing some more. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, big, big fan of Atomic Bear, so much so that they hooked us up with that coupon code, Impact Defense, all caps. Use that one at checkout, and you will get 20% off of your order, and that was theatomicbear.com. Start with de-escalation if it's that kind of situation. Um, if it's your fault, just apologize. Work to fix the problem, and just keep that monotone voice. And if it's not your fault, and you can't really do a whole lot about it, just try to empathize and just calm the situation down. If you can't calm it down, and it comes to something, you know, pull out your atomic bear defense tool. And, you know. <laughs> Hit them with the tactical pin, <laughs> <laughs> or at least have it out and ready. That's why I like that one. I know, anyway. you know, that's one that you can be holding in your hand while calming someone down and no one thinks twice about it because it's a pin. Yeah. All right. Anyway, guys, thank you very much. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it educational. Please, hey, if you know somebody who is not interested in just basic self-defense and stuff like that, take this podcast and send it their way. Also, we're our new podcast. Guys, if you help us or you can help us out, if you're enjoying this, Help us out. Share this with your friends. And we have not asked this one before. So share this with your friends, uh, especially you have somebody that says like, you know, like, I just don't really want to get there. I just don't want to go somewhere and train. I just don't want to do this. Okay. At least this, and we're going to probably go into more detail with some of the nonviolent type of self-defense, something that you can do without actually ever throwing a strike. Uh, we'll get into this a bit deeper. Take this particular episode, send it to your friends who does not want to take the time to train and at least they can get some education to help keep themselves uh, safe. Also, look for ways to join us. Like I said, we are, we're kind of trying to create this movement of people that want to take their personal safety seriously. Uh, we're looking to continue to create information and content for people aside from just our seminars and our workshops and our courses and everything else that we are doing. Um, our goal is to kind of get this information out as much to, to people as possible. Uh, so just kind of join us in that. Help us spread the message uh, to help keep people safe. Just a movement to a more aware generation or yes. a more aware society. Yeah, we want a safer society. And the way we have a safer society is people to understand how to actually keep themselves safe. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next podcast. See you guys. 
Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefensenc.com. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.